Project. All hands are on deck today. Chris, Sasha, Carlo, and uh, my name is Renee, and I'm back because the boys held the fort last week, as I mentioned, and all they did was talk about farts. So if you guys managed to get through the whole episode, well done. Mate, when you leave three boys alone to talk about whatever they want, sport comes secondary to flatulence. You should know that. (laughs) This is very true. This is very true. But you all all had a great week. It was a great yarn last week as well too, but we've got plenty happening on the sport project today. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share, get all around it, and, of course, follow us at Instagram at the Sport Project Podcast. Of course, log on to www.thesportproject.net where you can find us across all the major platforms, including a vodcast as well too on Epicenter Live TV. So you can see us as well as get us in your ears as well. How good's that, boys? And you're all looking absolutely sensational. Yeah, thanks, oh, Renee. Appreciate yeah. that. Appreciate yes. that positive feedback. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at Carlo's screen, though, are you? I was, just, <laughs> uh, I was just telling Sasha that I'm growing my hair just to really piss him off because he can't do this. He hasn't been I? able to do this for so Cheers, many mate. years. And hey, then again, oh, and there's Carlo, too. <laughs> appreciate that. Hold Enjoy it. lockdown, fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, anyone who out there doesn't know, Chris lives in Victoria. They just started the lockdown six weeks, so uh, eat a dick, mate. Yeah, I've got six weeks of celebrating the storm actually dicking the pigeons. They're not quite roosters, are they? They didn't play like roosters. Settle down, boys. We've got all this to call. We're going to be talking about rugby league a little bit later on, but we have plenty happening on the show today. We're going to be crossing into the American sports. Someone is now an absolute multi-millionaire, and that's even if he doesn't even play. Then we're going to head around to the golf. To the racing, what does it mean if Melbourne is shut down? Because we were talking about Flemington hosting both the races and at the AFL Grand Final as well. So that's all up in the air. The UK Super League are changing the game. What does that mean for Rugby League over there as well? To the EPL, the uh, Union has returned as well. And, of course, we're going to talk all things Rugby League, which has happened this week, and that's the only time that Carlo doesn't shut up as well. And there's a little bit of boxing in there as well too. But let's kick it off. I did mention there is now a multi, 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 multi millionaire in the NFL, Sasha. Hey, yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not, I, I didn't, I didn't get that much of a contract. All right, it was all right. It wasn't that. <laughs> Come on, no. Oh, yeah. He's even, he's even wearing his Under Armour top just out of support. Come on, that's come it. On. Boy, yeah, hashtag sponsored. Um, <laughs> but no quarterback, um, Patrick Mahomes. So his 24 year old has just signed a 10 year contract. That will pay him 721 Australian, um, that's million Australian, from 2022 to 2031. So that's about 1.4 million Australian dollars per week he's earning. It's the biggest contract to be signed in sports history with a guaranteed 200 million if he gets injured. So say tomorrow he goes out and a bus hits him in the leg and he can't play anymore. Because like, I don't want to say he gets any more seriously injured than that. 200 million guaranteed. Are you That's for it. real? 1.4 million shit. a week. Yep. So he's under coach Andy Reid. They won the Super Bowl last year. He won MVP last year. He's only been in the NFL, I think, for three years. First year, he was the backup quarterback. Next year, he won, like, MVP of the league. Last year, he was injured for a certain amount of time and then come back in the final series and just took the Chiefs all the way to the Super Bowl, won it and won MVP. The bloke's an absolute freak. He's breaking records all around the park. Um, and his next biggest thing to come. So I guess they've just secured him for 10 years. But 721 Australian. I was born yeah. the wrong gender, the wrong country, and the wrong talent. It's just, just wrong, really. <laughs> um, Isn't that crazy? Gender- <laughs> he's what? Is he, he, did you say he's 24 years old? 24. 
24 years. That, that's, so that's by far the, the, the biggest contract ever signed. I think I, I did a little research when you told me about this, and Mike Trout, who played for the LA Angels, signed $430 million, and that's what? US. So he was 503 US. So it's just a, a lousy. What do you do with that much money? All right, okay, I'm going to put it to you. What's your first purchase if you if you earn that much? I'd go to Messina's ice cream and just buy one of them big old family tubs. I have a problem with ice cream, guys. If that's why you, you want. Don't to reckon it. you just buy a whole Messina team? No, exchange and everything before then. So I'd buy the ice cream first and then. Say, look, I'm just going to buy the shop if that's okay. I'd, uh, I'd, I think I'd set my parents and my kids up before myself. Oh, and, uh, I'm talking about a fucking ice cream, mate. That's what I would have done second. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going to celebrate. Too late. You, too late. You can't jump on the back of mine. No, you can't do that. Oh, okay. You've missed your boat, you and your selfish fucking ice cream. Yeah, six weeks of lockdown. <laughs> six, no, I'd, I'd do that. I'd look, and then I'd look after you guys. I'd get Carlo laid. And... Um, <laughs> That, 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 might, that, misses. that might take up a fair chunk of money, actually, so, you know. <laughs> On the advice, my lawyer, the clients won't say anymore. I'm just kidding, Doug. I've not seen you I for know. a week. Hello, what are you buying? <laughs> yeah. What am I buying? Um, yeah, I think, along with what Smithy said, I think I'll buy a house first and then uh, some, some lovely cars. Why not? Some plugs. Imagine you with a big old medulla. <laughs> no, I'm bald and proud. Fringe. Bald and proud. Man, I want to see him with a mullet. I want to see him with a full mullet. 80s football mullet. Yeah, no, I think I'll be, yeah, set up your own family and stuff like that and uh, probably travel the world, buy a jet and do what the... I want, really. Yeah, that's, to be yeah I mean, uh, that was. Um, I mean, Renee, pull us out there because that was some really shit answers there. That was. Just I'm so ser- generic, seriously. I'm so just crap. standing there staring at this computer. The only one that I actually enjoyed was Sasha with the ice cream. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe that was the best out of the world. You don't need to be a millionaire to do that, neither. And the thing hey, for well, me, like I, Sasha I would, um, says, I couldn't I do anything for family six weeks. Family and 100% but you set up, but I'd be buying an island and setting it up over there so everyone can come over there'd be a jet there'd just be a party oh, yeah. island and do nice. what you want mate I've it's seen island. mate I've seen a program about this and it didn't really happen did it was it the um, the music festival fire 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 festival mm. it's yeah. either that or you're Dana White and you're just going to have one big massive fight on this island Maybe that's sure what I'm going to do. I'm just going to buy an island where everyone can come and fight and party on. <laughs> I will definitely not be on that island, hey. No, no bringing I COVID. Like a broken not nose. invited. Send the size of that fucking thing. That was broken again. Fucking hell. <laughs> no good. Well, yeah, mate, huge contract. Absolute monster. Um, and well done. Well deserved. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to secure that amount of money for 10 years, it's not like you're a Scotty Pippen just signing up for fucking... $500 a year, you're signing up for monster money and um, yeah, good on him, hats off to him. There's a lot of talk about doing contracts like that. I mean, that's a 10-year contract. I remember the Titans, they signed uh, Jamal Idris when I was still working there and they signed him for five years and mm-hmm. everyone spoke about it being the worst idea ever because you lose your motivation, you signed and it's sort of like I'm, I'm locked in and I'm not going to play and then... On the other side of that, Quade Cooper um, sort of mentioned, I was, he's a good friend of mine, and he said, I only ever really wanted to sign one-year contracts at the time because that was my motivation that I still had to play for a contract every year because I just didn't want it in the back of my mind that I was sort of signed, sealed and delivered and set. Yeah. It really work out There's well also, for him, though. Later years did it. <laughs> There's also uh, Jason Twa... Tw- I never say his name. Jason Derulo. No, Jason... <laughs> oh. Tula Marlo. Did they say that right? Cowboys? Yes, that's definitely him. He did a ten year, ten year, ten million. Wow! Well, oh, yeah. well, ten didn't, year, ten million. Didn't Sam Burgess do something similar? Didn't Sam? Sam, 
Some a third. His was quite a substantial number. Because he still has, or technically had two more years, is that right, mm. on his contract? Maybe. Yeah, and he's still involved but, but with I mean, the club look, too, isn't he? Look, realistically, if you're in that position yourself and someone says, here you go, there's 740 million over 10 years, are you going to be the dick that goes, no, nah, no, you're right, mate. I just want to play year to year and really test myself year in and year out. Because, I yeah, mean, you're right. if, if, you think about, if you think about the shoe being on the other foot, with all that money comes all that responsibility and all that pressure's mm. on you. So you've got the pressure of the boardroom, you've got the pressure of your coach, you've got the pressure of the CEO, and not to mention that, you've got the fans who you've probably got to see day in and day out. So I think that the, the, the stress and the challenge still sits there. Um, It'd be even more I, I so, really, the, wouldn't the, it? Because you know yeah, everyone's going to want a piece of you for that much so. money. Yeah, when, you, when you're sat on the top of that ladder, there's always people wanting to knock you off and show that you're not worth it. So there comes a lot of responsibility with it. I feel sorry for him. I wouldn't want to be him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, the F1's also uh, returned this week too, Sasha, and you're all over that as well. Oh, the F1. It was so good to see coming back, and Daniel Ricciardo picked it. There was absolute carnage. There was people retiring left, right, and centre. There was engine, engine failures. There was wheels falling off. Um, Bortas secured um, a win in the end, Mercedes. So that took place on Sunday. Um, started from pole, didn't lose the lead, won the won the race. And McLaren's Lando Norris actually finished third. Now, significance of this was his first podium finish in 21 starts, and it made him the third youngest in F1 history to stand up on the podium. So um, congratulations to old Lando Norris. But yeah, again, Daniel Ricciardo just retired again. He's um, one more year with Renault. This is his last crushed. season. Yeah. And then he goes to McLaren. I think he does. Mm. And, um, he's had massive car dramas throughout his career. Oh, Do you think they're all well, retiring since he's been and enough in the first? Because during quarantine, they're only allowed to drive 300 metres down mm. to the shop and back and get some groceries. So they can't really practice. Do you know what I mean? They didn't well, they hit many kit. turns. Uh-huh. I had that simulator, the simulator um, races. But that's obviously not simulating... Sorry, that's really bad. That's obviously not simulating the real-life race. But um, it's not like the real-life thing, and you know, everyone was probably excited to get out there and challenge themselves and see who come out better at the end of the, at the, end of the road. And, um, yeah, there's absolute cars. There's only 10 cars that finished, so. Where's the next race? Where do they go to now? Um, Japan. Japan. Uh, I they, don't know. I just made that up. I <laughs> I felt for it again. Nothing factual here at the Aust- sport Aust- project. It was in Austria on the weekend. I do know that. Yeah. But moving forward, um, I did not check that, but I'm going to run with Japan. And, and, and uh, look, I didn't see it. I'm not going to pretend I did. And that was no spectators there? No, no. spectators. No. Mm. I feel like that's also Sasha not having an idea as well. No. Yeah, well I didn't see both. any. But I was watching that. <laughs> oh, after a couple of PGs. At the rubbery dub, because we're open down here. We're not in lockdown, Chris. Get her in. Okay. Up. Well, nor are we till midnight tomorrow, so I can do whatever I like tomorrow. You, you want to see the stuff I'm going to get up to tomorrow? <laughs> no, thank you. Tell I'll not block your stories tomorrow. I will document the whole lot and I'll send it to you by a DM, Sasha. Oh, well, um, that's brilliant. Um, actually, Renee, I've got a little impromptu session here because we're we're sort of talking about American sports, even though that one was in Austria and that's just a worldwide sport F1, but. Joey the George Chestnut. Does that name ring a bell with anyone? Sounds no. like a racehorse. Negative. It does sound like a racehorse. Is that the racehorse that you didn't know what to name last week? No, no, no <laughs> definitely not. But I put money on the weekend and I lost. Um, but July 4th, hot dog eating competition. He's claimed his 13th mustard yellow belt. So in 10 minutes, guess how many hot dogs he ate. We're talking bun. 72. It's fucking not that, actually. I thought you were going to say much less than that. I was going to surprise you with a much higher number. 84. Um, <laughs> 
colour. No, 75. Anything. So 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. He was sweating profusely, had sweat all down his shirt. He broke the record that he set in 2018 by eating 75 hot dogs or 21,750 calories in 10 oh. minutes. So he's won 13 of the last 14 annual contests. Isn't that crazy, hey? I'm sorry. I heartburn. I was watching the TV before, and there was a young girl in the UK. I forget her name. It's uh, I'll have it because I searched her on Instagram, and she she just says I'm hungry all the time. So she went in one of these um, all you can eat kind of things, and she ate a um, a three kilo kebab in record time. And, 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 and no word of a lie, I, I will send it, and we'll put it on our Instagram. You can have a look at it. She must weigh about fucking 54 kilos piss wet through. And she demolishes this one kilo fish and chips doll. So there's a hot dog as, as long as my wingspan and big fat thing. She demolishes that. She has a, a two kilo donut. She eats all that. I'm like, what the fuck? And, and, and they said to her, they said, so how do you it? keep fit? How do you stay so slim? She said, oh, I go to the gym two, maybe three times a week. And I'm pretty, and I'm like, oh, world's most hated <laughs> I, woman I look right at now. a kebab on my way out of the Manly Wolf bar and I'm like, it goes straight to my ass. It's incredible, <laughs> hey. Like this, this same bloke ate 32 Big Macs in 38 minutes, like full whole scale Big Macs, which is 15.36 pounds of food. Which probably equates to, like, my mass isn't terribly great, but, like, six or seven kilos of food. Here you go. Right, I've just found it. Her name is Kate Ovens. That's her. Kate Ovens. Have a look at her. And what's her Instagram handle, uh, just in case people aren't watching on video, Chris? Kate.ovens. Ovens is in, like, open the oven and put the pie in? Yeah, stick your head in it, yeah. Well, she's got a blue tick. Yeah, I know. I mean, don't look at it right now because we've got a podcast to do, Sasha. I mean, like, later on. But look at that. I'm already sending her a DM. What about the rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> and you're not offering a, you're not offering, a, you're not offering a three kilo kebab, are you? <laughs> American football. You're going to yeah. tell her this is kind of like an entree, but smaller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, if you haven't worked it out already, the sport project goes off on many tangents as well as covering all the serious natures of sports. Oh. So don't forget, like, subscribe and share with all of your mates. And speaking of someone who has uh, basically maybe gone and enjoyed the buffet too much as well too, there's a, there's a golfer that's put on a fair bit of weight, Smithy. I was going to say Carlos. <laughs> I did too. I pointed at him as well. Sorry, mate. Sorry, I know you've got feelings. You sat there in your magenta shirt and you jump over the top. You look like a college graduate. It's beautiful. Please watch the video. Again, you've just gone completely off course. I tried to segue you into golf and make it sort of all come back. Yeah. Oh, no, no. The big dog, Bryson DeChambeau. As we spoke about before, he whacked on 20 kilos over the off-season. And when asked why he was doing that, he said, I really want to test the body and see how far... Like a golfer can hit the ball. I want to get the club head speed and the ball seed coming off uh, even quicker. And of course, the Rocket Mortgage Classic was on over the weekend and he did exactly that. Now, the Detroit Golf Club is predominantly known for... It, it, it's, it's kind of narrow, but the longer hitters, the longer accurate hitters can find it quite comfortably. And uh, Bryson DeChambeau did exactly that. He finished the, he's finished the games at four, uh, 23 under and that was um, three shots clear of Matthew Wolf. Now, you know Matthew Wolf. He's got the really unusual technique just before he hits the ball. He throws his hips it around to the left. It can't be any, any worse it. or unusual than... Who's the basketballer? Um, the former basketballer? Charles Barkley. Yeah, Charles. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, oh, that's no, an no. awkward golf shot if you want to talk awkward golf shots. So in comparison to that, Smithy, where's it at? It's up there. It's up there with it. <laughs> now, it's, it, it's not... But the end result is much better from Matthew Wolf. Right. <laughs> 
So he went, I mean, he went into the last round. He went into the final round. He went to round four, 19 under. And Bryson DeChambeau was 16 under. But quickly, within seven holes of the final round, Matthew Wolf's dropped off. He's had a disastrous last round. He's, he's absolutely terrible. His wedges in his third round were absolutely phenomenal. He's driving the ball incredibly well. Comes to round four, his wedges, it looked like he was using left-handed clubs all of a sudden. No, and they just didn't fit him. His putter was off, his mental game was off. He just really fell in an absolute heap and, and DeChambeau just finished really strong. So by the seventh hole in the fourth round, he'd made up the three holes. He'd made up the three shots that he was behind and, and increased so he was three in front. So it was absolutely wow. phenomenal. It really was. Now, 365 days before in Minnesota, these two went at it again. And DeChambeau eagled the last hole and he thought that was it. He was safe. And uh, Matthew Wolf came back and beat him. So a little bit of uh, revenge attack for DeChambeau this was. But he's, uh, he's hitting the ball so well. He looks so comfortable at 110 kegs on a golf course. It's phenomenal. And uh, it Is was great to see Webb Simpson back. Fit? Or 110 kegs, like he went and smashed some hot dogs. No, no, no. I, I think, I think. Look, he's not lean. He, he's big. He's thick set. But he was never lean before this either. Yeah. Okay. There was always uh, probably at 90 kilos. It was, it was probably a, a heavier 90 kilos than, than than the likes of Sash. But he, um, but he, he's come back now and he's, he's thickened up through the top half and his lower half as well. But he's um, he's, he's still carrying like he still looks like he's got a, a bum bag on under his under his t-shirt. I just no, looked up um, Matt Wolf because I was actually intrigued about his style. Yeah. It, oh, you should pop that up, hey? Like, look yeah. at you see that? Does that little dude like he's dancing, yeah. hey? And then he just smokes the ball. Yeah, I can't it, even do it standing perfectly still. No, he's got he's got an he's got an incredible ball striking routine. It, it's it's very different to anything else I've ever seen, but the result is phenomenal. It looks can, like his can, hips, like obviously your hips come around with the rotation of the hip, but it's like a real quick, short, sharp. Yeah. Because if he's, he's dodging a punch. <laughs> you see, that, that's what a lot of people fail to do. They fail to get the hips through first and not the arms drop in behind. Yeah. And a lot of people can kind of go over the top and then bring it. Uh, what, what some players do <clears throat> to remind the hips to get through, they kind of push through that way. Then they go back to a neutral position and then start your swing. But I've never seen anybody do it as quick as he does and in that kind of rhythm. So he'll push it through, then come straight back and take his backswing back and come through. Uh, but he's, he's, uh, he's, he's phenomenal. He's, he's playing really, really well, except for the last round over the weekend. But, I mean, the, the likes of Webb Simpson put on a real masterclass of bunker play as well. He found himself in a fair bit of sand. At Detroit Golf Club, there's, there's a fair bit of sand in there, and Webb Simpson found a large amount of it. But his recovery shots out of the sand was, was absolutely phenomenal. So it was a it was a cracking day, absolutely. Is there cracking much left day. of the golf, Adam? Is there much left of the golf? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've restarted now. Sadly, a lot of a lot of tournaments and competitions have, yeah. have been cancelled and will stay cancelled uh, because, as we know, the US isn't in um, a very good state. But yet they're still opening up everything, as yeah. are the pubs in the UK. It's it's bizarre. And Victoria, unlike you, <laughs> we're on lockdown. Again, we are locked up. So, look, look it, it's, it's, it's really hard to stay in this situation of the world that we're in now. What's going to go ahead and what isn't? They're trying to relocate a lot of tournaments and not forget about them, but move them either a year or a couple of months down or, or some of them they've just scrapped altogether. I think the Open and the Masters, they're going to just, just push on until next year. And the same with the Ryder Cup, sadly. 
Well, a fair few changes are also happening in the racing world as well too. As I mentioned, uh, obviously Melbourne in lockdown. What does that mean for Flemington? I mean, they've all, they've pretty much finished just finished their last carnival. Yeah, they've just they've just wrapped up the winter season down at Flemington. Now, Flemington is one of the most infected areas, or, or become a, a, the list of the most infected hotspots down here in Victoria. So, I'm really unsure how. Well, it happened last time, but I don't th- really think they had the high strike rate of uh, infections there. Now, can they still function as... Because all the stables, a lot of the, the, the big race managers and trainers are at Flemington Stables. They're actually at the track. So a lot of the horses are kept down there. And now it's a case of can they have people coming in and out? Can they still make it go? As we know, racing is a $9 billion industry for, for Australia, so it's pretty hard to say that. Uh, but if, if they can pull this off and, and keep Flemington and Melbourne and Melbourne Racing running, then they're, they're absolutely heroes. I mean, Western Australia are just going into their carnival time now. There's good weather over there, so they're getting going. The problem that we see moving forward is that the Melbourne Cup is going to be really affected by this. So the Caulfield Cup is conversation about moving that already to after the Melbourne Cup, which struck a lot of upset with a lot of people. The Melbourne Cup Carnival now, we're used to seeing imports from Japan, imports from the UK, imports from America, from all over the show to come and race in, in one of the best races in the world. Now, quarantine stables have said that they will not allow, even if they can get the transport to freight, even if they can get the flights in there for the horses, they will not accept them to have them there and then let them go again. So all, ho- all horses that are coming into the stables there for the Melbourne Cup is a one-way ticket. So the only, the only chance you'll get is if, you're, if you buy the horse and it comes and stays here. What about, like you just mentioned, the Western Australian Carnival's about to open up. They're, they've probably had the tightest borders out of everyone. So have many of the horses been able to head over to Western Australia or is it just simply the horses from that side of the... Yeah, again, again because, of the, uh, because of the amount of money that, that, that racing generates throughout Australia but right across the country then they're very open to strict quarantine measures for the horses going over there and being able to run. Now, Western Australia, it's not, with no disrespect to them, it's not as appealing prize money as it was coming down to Sydney, coming down to Melbourne. So you're not necessarily going to see that many horses go to Western Australia to try and win overly much. You will see some, don't get me wrong, it's not going to be that nobody goes. They will go, they'll, they'll take horses there that they think are a chance and need the experience and want to get a nice win under the belt, but... You're not, you, you would never see the likes of Winks going over there or the Black Caviars of the world. They, they, would, they wouldn't even contemplate going. So the ones that do want to go are still more than welcome to go and the trainers are taking a fair few. But it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a tricky one at the minute. And, and of course, we only got announced probably three hours ago that we're going into lockdown again. So what, what it holds for Victoria, then, then that remains to be seen. And so is there, is there any horses that you want to let us know about, Sasha, this week that you don't know a name of? Or because I feel like we need your shit tips this week. <laughs> I should, um, well, last week I actually on that, Actually yeah. on that, uh, I had one for you today. A good, a good friend of ours, Matt McArthur, his dad owns one called Divine Ascot. It ran at race three at Rockhampton today. Oh, it, it won actually, already. You're giving us a tip about a horse that's already run? Well, I'm six. No, it won. Yeah, it, it, it won paying $8.50, but... The, 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 th- the thing I'm telling you now is because every time I've given you a tip and it's lost, you've got on my case. So I thought it's best that I just don't give you tips because then they can't be upset. And the first one that I don't give to you wins at 8.50. I was going to say. 
But it's not because oh, his horse, you. blame him. Yeah, every other time I've backed any of his horses, they've lost. Like, some of them haven't even jumped out of the blocks. They've just sort of backed up out the other way and start eating just like Matt. <laughs> I, I probably tip you Chautauqua whether he ref- she refused to leave as well. I probably tip you that three times. <laughs> Twice. Yeah, he actually did. So what's that, Sa- what's that? Sasha's back there? Yeah, I'm not going then. That's it. <laughs> So no tips from Sasha. All right, well. No, no, sorry, no, no. Oh, yeah, sorry. there's a couple of horses there. Silver Sovereign, he's always the favourite. Get around him, and um, Black Caviar's making a uh, comeback. Yep, great. Get around. Uh, along with Sam Burgess. <clears throat> yep, Sam Burgess is actually coming back next week. Um, the shoulder's miraculously healed, and he's going to be captaining the Roosters. And uh, as mentioned, as always, Sasha with the facts here on The Sport Project. Follow us at The Sport Project Podcast on Instagram. You can also like and subscribe and share us on all the major platforms for podcasting. And, of course, on Epicenter Live TV as well, too. So if you feel like seeing these mugs and some of the faces that we pull, um, please check us out on Epicenter Live TV for the vodcast that's there. Speaking of other um, codes that are getting... Well, mucked around, I guess, by COVID as well, too. We head over the the oceans to the UK Super League. And, um, Carlo, they're, they're talking about removing the scrum. Yeah, a few little uh, rule changes. August the 2nd is when they'll be back uh, for the start of the Super League. But one of the most bizarre rule changes that I've heard, and I don't know whether they're just trying to be different uh, or, or just crazy, is that they're going to remove scrums. So they're stating... For the COVID restrictions, they're going to re- remove close contact. However, they will be full on tackling each other. Is this just uh, out there just to say, "Oh, look at us," or is it mess- messing with the tradition, the heritage of the game? I, like, I, I'm to be honest, you don't get rid of scrums from rugby league, no matter even if they're contested or not. It's just oh, they just ridiculous. Don't rugby league anymore. I mean, well, the, the scrum is just to really um, group the forwards together and let the backs have a go at one another. Do you know, give a bit more freedom of the pitch, have, have a bit more freedom. Uh, I find that quite bizarre, but I've also found in the recent fights that have gone on, the fighters the day before the weigh-in, they've gone, they've stepped on the stales, they've all got masks on, yeah. and they're not allowed anywhere near each other. Do you know, for the, and the, the UFC and the boxing have both been the same. I said, newsflash, mate, don't you realise in less than 24 hours you're going to be drooling all over each other and spitting and sweating all over each other, but in the way in here, you've got masks on and you're keeping them at 1.5 metres apart. It's absolutely bizarre. Now, the scrum is just, you can't take that away from rugby league. You can't do it. The, the thing what you've just said there, where it's separate groups of forwards, in this day and age in rugby league, sometimes the forwards are not in the scrum. Yeah. But it, what it does, it gives you an opportunity of probably, especially in these day, day and age, you can choose where you have the scrum, whether it's near, far, or in the middle, and therefore you can actually create and, and work it, work around it. Wherever you are, I believe that the heart does go on. Sorry, Callie. Ladies and gentlemen, Sasha. Wow. That's all I've got to say about that. That's all <laughs> well, I know back, to no, say no, about it. Those scrums, those scrums, right? I'm impartial. I think get rid of the scrums because if you just make it a tap, it speeds up the game, right? So I, I think rugby union, they can test it. Yeah, happy days, keep the scrums. I'm impartial with the rugby league stuff, but it's, like everyone was saying, it's just totally hypocritical to have, you know, don't have a scrum, but then next minute you've got your face all in each other's asses, and then, you know, it's just crazy. Well, I think I think the scrums I think the scrums in union is where it where it lets itself down because they're too they, they, they take too long, you know, because they're contested to this such a high level is that they just keep on resetting them, they'll break down, resetting them. So it could be a minute 
or a yeah. minute 50 or two minutes in the scrum. So I, I think I get why the scrums are not contested in rugby league because they want to keep the fitness um, going or, you know, make sure that the, the fitness yeah. is the main aspect of the game and keep it flowing. And they've done that really, really well. But another another aspect is the six a game rule, which has been such a, a game changer in the NRL. They're introducing that into uh, the Super League, and I think it's going to have a very positive effect on on the game. So uh, you got to remember Luke Thompson, who was at St Helens, is now signed for the Bulldogs. Hopefully, he'll be playing next week in, in the NRL, and we can have a good look at him. But also in the return, uh, James Graham goes to St Helens. So um, again, we. Bit different to see him in uh, St. Helens. Just quickly there, just sorry, Sash, just quickly there, mate. What's the point in cancelling the scrums when all the pubs have just reopened? Oh, exactly. There's all those different changes. Well, you you don't really care because yours has been in lockdown for six weeks, which I'm happy about. (laughs) Um, Well, I can be watching it then. Um, I had my finger up for something. It was something rugby league related. What, oh, you that sing was it. Again? Um, so I'm talking about uh, the speed of the game. Has everyone found that without the second ref, with one ref, there's faster decisions being made, there's less video ref calls, yep. and the game's faster? Is everyone finding that? Mm. Oh, I've, I've always been a big advocate of, of not having two referees. I think it's been stupid anyway. Yeah. So, um, again, Australia is the only place that did it. Nowhere else around the world did it. And uh, I'm glad it's gone back to one because it's it's actually proving that the game is a lot quicker without yeah. making too many decisions. Mm. And, the, and the refs are making the right calls, you know. You know, like they're, they're always going to make the wrong call every now and then. But I think the game's flowing. And uh, what do you? you go, if you're a manly oh, fan, then well, not making the right yeah, I was going to say yeah. manly, yeah. but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, no one really cares about the bottom of the ladder. It's all about the top. Um, <laughs> so yeah, go the Roosters. Oh, no one cheated. Yep. I'm so um, off you tonight. All right. Yep. Continue. All right, well, let's let's move on from that. I think we've we've covered a lot of that topic and obviously went back off it again. But um, just quickly before we come back over to the Australian shores, uh, a little bit happening in the EPL. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, obviously Liverpool are now the champions, but very weird. They played against City and got absolutely thrashed, and then um, yeah, then they came back and and, and put a winning display on. But I think the biggest battle is for the fifth place. I said that a couple of weeks ago. Wolves, Man United, Sheffield United. All right, Chelsea, they're all fighting. Chelsea at the moment are in fourth place, um, but very closely are being followed by Manchester United and Wolves on the same on the same points of 52, and then Sheffield United just just behind them. Who would have thought Sheffield United would be there or thereabouts? But they are, and it's and it's really heating up. But I just want to bring everyone's attention to uh, Mason Greenwood in the game against Bournemouth. Now, Mason Greenwood is an 18-year-old. Um, who's just burst on the scene this month, this year and scores two goals and he's very, very, very fast becoming a future star for United in England so he could be a part of the England set for Euro 2021. I don't know if you've seen that, Smith. Have I you did. seen his... Mate, I he's did. outstanding on, on both mm. feet. He's now cementing his place in the in the team and he's, uh, yeah, he, he looks like he's going to be a very exciting one to watch for England. I mean, in, in, in moving forward in terms of English football, it looks pretty good. Fodden at City looks absolutely oh, yeah, just phenomenal. Freak. Freak. If I mean, the English team at the minute would have an average age of about 20.3. Yeah. You know what I mean? You won't, you won't have anyone at 21 just yet. And, it's, and you know, maybe it's what you need. You know, a, a nice young manager with fresh eyes have recently retired and a lot of young team, well, a lot of young kids that are hungry and just... Care, do you know? You, you know it's with rugby league or with any sport. When you're younger, you you play a bit more carefree. You kind yeah. of play. You do whatever you want to do. You, you you still continue to do 
the things that have got you in that position in the first place. Yeah. And it's only when you start getting micromanaged or managed by other people that you, you, you kind of change your, your routines and you change the tactics a lot. But the young lads like that, if... I mean, Greenwood doesn't give a shit if he's 35 or 55 yards out. He'll still have a shot. Yeah, he'll have a he'll still strike. He'll test the keeper. The, the the good thing about that is exactly what you said. You've got Henderson, who's a United player, but on loan to Sheffield United. Had more clean sheets than anyone. And then you've got Declan Rice, who's playing at West Ham. All right, in a crap team, but he's been outstanding for them. Phil Foden at City. Mason Mount at Chelsea. Mason Greenwood. You've got uh, Rashford. You know, it looks exciting, the English, the English team. Uh, ready for the Euros. Obviously, the Euros should have been in 2020. Uh, that's been pushed back because of COVID and uh, the Euros will take place now in 2021. Cool story. Is that the end of it? <laughs> I, I love the fact that Renee and Sash had nothing to add to that. But you know what? If you are an actual EPL fan, you, that would have made sense to you, hey? That's 100%. It. I was interested, mate. I got, yeah, I've got you on that one. And just to sort of say... <laughs> Made my debut last week for the Port Kembla Pumas. Oh, how'd you go? Uh, yeah, we got beat 4-1, but scored a cracker 20 yards You out. scored? Boom, of that. <laughs> Mate, this is brilliant. They got beat 4-1, he scored a hat-trick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just scored one. And for exactly 24 hours, I was the uh, the club's top scorer because it was the first game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was good to be back out there, to be honest. I, I enjoyed it. I felt, I'm not joking, I, I felt like a, a turning ship. Isn't it? Uh, isn't it? Is this the over fifties and the over one hundred and twenty kilos? No, I played under. I played <laughs> over thirty fives this week on Friday, and, and this week I've got a game on Friday and a game on Saturday. Um, so I phoned Alex Vasali and uh, I said, "Can I play a game for the thirty fives on Saturday?" And he went, "Yeah, if you if yeah. you get through Friday." Can I just ask a question? You said you felt like a turning ship. Yes. Hmm. What the fuck is that? Well, it's it you've seen slow and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt like I, I felt like I was in slow motion turning because I was okay. Pretty just to clarify, I was like, I thought you were just really excited about the fact that you sound, you felt like a turning ship. I'm like, I'm pretty sure no, that just goes. I wasn't excited about it. I was absolutely devastated. Brene, my you, ball would go past for me, past me, and I'm, I'm trying to turn for it, and I was like, Brene, you've got to go and watch it one day. You've seen milk turn quicker. It's unbelievable. I, I, don't, I don't really feel <laughs> yeah. like going to watch Carlo play. No I've been. I, I've, I've been to watch him as a spectacle. It's, very, it's really very entertaining. Very entertaining. But yeah, listen, I scored. That's all that counts. A screamer. Top left corner. Boom, of that. Put his weight behind it. No, I was going to stop that. Mate, if, <laughs> if it's not on Instagram, it didn't happen, mate. Simple. Mm. Simple. This is very true. Well, speaking about it. things that happen on Instagram, I, you wouldn't believe it. The union's back on Instagram, which means they're back playing footy, Sash. Yeah, you wouldn't read about it. Domestic rugby. Queensland Reds played the Waratahs on Friday night, Suncorp Stadium, and won. So that Ooh. win ended an 11-game win streak for the Waratahs over the Reds dating back to 2013. So if I just do some quick maths, that's 2,547 days. Unbelievable. And it was good, actually, to watch O'Connor. So Connor's, I actually seen him a James bit O'Connor. Of, um, yeah, I seen him a little bit around um, Mermaid Beach because he lives down the Gold Coast. And he was getting a haircut when I was getting a, I wouldn't really call it a haircut, I'd call it a cut and polish um, last yeah, Thursday. Uh, he was getting a fresh trim for the game and he assumed the kicking duties towards the end and because um, the other fellow was uh, kicking up like absolute pies. And um, yeah, I think he was two from two and um, he'd been practising in the off-season or in the Rona period, so he's he's going well and... Now the game's the Brumbies beat the Rebels, 
20, what's the oh, quality 31, like? 23. What's that? What's what was the quality like? I guess with with rugby league, we're all kind of I guess blown away by how quick and how sharp the game was when it first returned. For Union, for you, you love your rah-rahs. Were you excited by it or? Oh look. To be honest, I get more excited about um, league these days. I do think it's a quick game. Um, so for me, the standard was pretty good. I didn't watch the Brumbies game, but the Reds game it seemed like it was a good standard. There was some good, you know, some good skills, but they did seem like they're a little bit rusty. So the, you know, the finer skills like kicking and uh, that type of stuff weren't up to scratch. But um, you know, overall, it was good to see them back out in the park, and it's good that rugby's had some positive chat now rather than all the other stuff that's been going on during the Rona. So oh, exciting stuff, and. Uh, I guess is that everything from Union? Is that that sort of that's the it? Yeah, there's only two Are games. All the countries playing their own. Yeah, they're all playing their own games. So New Zealand will play each yeah. other in their own in their own country, and same with Australia and South Africa and stuff. So. And the other guys that come, they might play each other, or I don't know. Hey, I, I haven't. I don't know if you guys have seen any talk about it um, about a final series, but um, at this stage, no, it's just all into into country stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think they're just going through the games and then just seeing where it lands, and then seeing where where we are in a position in regards to the world, uh, and if we can if we can obviously get into other countries. But uh, yeah, well, well exciting news uh, in Australian boxing: Paul Gallen and Mark Hunt are going to be uh, having their blue finally. Is it happening? Is it signed? Well, uh, I just I actually text Gallen before the show, and he said it's it's pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered. It's all but done. So. There, um, Matty Rose, the promoter, is looking for a stadium to play. It'll either be Newcastle, New Zealand, um, I think out west, I think it was Bathurst or Sydney. So uh, they're still going to decide on the venue, but um, it got super close to getting signed at the start. I think Mark Hunt had um, signed the first contract and was calling Gal out and basically saying that... um, he was racing away from the fight and then Gallon turned around and goes, I don't need any enticing. I'll be signing when the deal's right. So, and then as I said, Gallon today, I, was, I just wrote him a message. I'm like, is it true? Is it actually happening or is it just a beat up just to get more promo? And he goes, no, nope, it's on. Um, I've been training as much as what I have, uh, what what I could have done during COVID. So um, he's ready to go. Is Mark Hunt the UFC fighter? Yes. yes. Yeah. He's going to punch the fuck out of Gallon. What? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I think Gallon's not bad. I'll put a lot of money on that, hey. Like, that is absolutely absurd, hey. Well, yeah, he's, exactly. a, he's a former K1 kickboxing world champion, too. Is there, is there, right. a, is there a now knockout artist? Yeah. Is Mark Hunt. Yeah. It's, It'd be a good um, challenge for Gal. A real good challenge, but yeah. what, he's, he's got, got a good engine on him. Four. No, no, I'll tell you what, I think... I, I, I think he'll surprise a few people, Gal. He's been in against big punches before, Gal, and he's also, he's always um, he's, he's fought his way through it. We would have well, watched him. It was it was it was, it was down it was down twice in a fight that I watched him. I, I forget his opposition now. He was down twice um, in that fight, and he jumped back up. He's, he's yeah. resilient. You, you give him that. I mean, personally, if I was Gal, would I take the fight? Answer probably would be no, but. I mean, Gal knows no fear, so, I mean, mm. best of luck to him. And he hasn't lost yet either. Hmm? When you haven't lost yet, your confidence is high and you, you, I guess yeah. you, you, know, you, believe you, you, you have to, in that instance, believe your own height. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah well, you, you can't go into there believing that there's any doubt you're going to lose or hmm. there's any, any chance that you're going to lose, sorry. You know, you, you can't go in that with that kind of mindset. You just get eaten alive. Yeah, that's right. Good, good Listen, either way, either way, I think it's going to be a very interesting fight. Have we got any, any dates, uh, any... 
any knowledge about the, when it could yeah, happen? Yeah, they're looking around October, November. So there's there's oh, still quite yeah. a few months left to prep. Um, and I, I don't think, from what I understood from the conversation with Gal tonight, that there hasn't been much sparring, And he, but he's not really worried about it. He's said, I've got quite a few months to go. So I yeah. think it'll come closer to November um, where we'll be seeing that fight. So I imagine that November then leading into Wilder versus Fiora in December. Yeah. Funny how um how quickly that's gone off topic for being in Australia now. I'm quite devastated that the Boxing Day <laughs> proper boxing test match isn't going to be happening in Australia. It looks like it's heading back overseas. Yeah, I knew that was the case. It was, um, Everyone um, sees Tyson again. Mike Tyson, he just keeps popping up everywhere. Mm. He was down on the beach this time, just dead set, cut like a picnic lunch, like a condom full of walnuts. It was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> He's 54. It was absolutely incredible. Just get a, I just want him to fight someone. Hey, just get him in the ring for the heavyweight title. Just, let's just stop all the speculation. Let's fight after Tyson Fury and um, yeah, what's his name? Anthony Joshua. Fight. Well, uh, speaking of the heavyweights, um, there's been a little bit of talk about Andy Ruiz Jr. Um, coming back into the fold as well too. So obviously he, he shocked the nation and uh, the world when he beat AJ in his first fight. And the second mm-hmm. fight, I think there was almost... I think 20 pounds heavier um, in between six months between the fights and got quite a lot of flack that, you know, he, he was getting lazy and partying in between and quite a lot of a, a parallel, I guess, between him and Tyson Fury in, in what's happening. But um, apparently he's uh, been back out training again. Um, they've sort of treated him of like if he wants to do it, he needs to do it. Mm. Um, so he's been getting out and doing road runs and boxing training um, and then some also some strength and conditioning as well. But um, it was quite funny that the story that sort of happened around it and sort of it links back to, I guess, Mike Tyson is they approached or Rua's team approached Teddy Atlas to come in and train. And sort of take him on board. And Teddy Atlas is very particular. He only picks his boxes, and um, he, you know there's strict sort of precedents involved if, if you want to jump on board. And he basically mm. said to Ruiz in his camp, which his camp is his dad. Um, there's a lawyer, and uh, there's another trainer who actually end up getting let go as well. Um, and they're on every single phone call that sort of comes through. And they said if he wants to fight in um, Teddy's camp, he needs to do a six month weight loss. It's kind of like a rehab center, but not for drugs. It's for food. Um, and he needs to do all the following things, so tick, 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 and then turn up in a plane in New York and I'll train you. And um, they said, we'll regroup uh, and we'll have another phone call once you've sort of done all that and then we'll go again. And then Ruiz just never called back. So, um, But he has joined camps, or he goes in this week, I think it's with uh, Eddie Reynoso, I think that's how you pronounce it, mm. which is Carnelo's trainer in Mexico. So yeah. what about the stable there with Canelo and, and Ruiz? Like, that's... That's motivation enough, isn't it? But oh, you, you, you would definitely think so. I mean, there was a conversation before that, uh, <clears throat> would you like to see the fight with um, Andy Ruiz and Tony Bellew? Tony Bellew recently retired after um, fighting David Hay. But yeah, there's a conversation that he's going to come back and fight Andy Ruiz. Uh, that's, a, that's a very, very um, small rumour. But again, I mean, is, is that the kind of opposition you want to see him against? He was, a, he was a world champion at one point. You know? Dillian White for me. I think well, he needs well, to Dillian, fight Dillian White. Dillian White's calling him out and then calling him, like we spoke about last week, saying that there's no point in Dillian, Dillian White is saying, there's no point in me fighting him. I've worked my whole career. I've got all the way up here now to fight for a world title. I'm number one contender. I deserve that. He's an idiot that has no belts, were his words. But then, um, but then Ruiz has come out and said, mate, I want to fight him just to shut him up. 
You know what I mean? That, that, that's, that's a fight I want to see. I don't want to see him fight Bellew. I want to see him fight the likes of Dillian White. Because when, the... when, I, when I saw him beat Joshua the first round, we was in Queenstown at yeah, the time. We were. Yeah. And, and I saw Joshua walk out and he didn't look up for it. So I, I had a bet on Ruiz at the time, paying $11, needless yeah, to did. say. And uh, yeah, and he just looked like he outsmarted him all over the ring. So he's, he's definitely got boxing ability. He's got potential. He's, he's, and for, for a man his size, he's got, he's got an engine too. He's, he's really, well, he's a Mexican fighter, so he can move, right? So he's mm. got really good agile movement, which I think is what shocked everyone when they first saw him with AJ because they saw this bloke that, you know, he was a, a, not, a, not a typical nowadays heavyweight fighter. He looked overweight, he looked fat, um, all of the above things. And so it sort of gave them like this precedent of, well, a guy like that can beat Anthony Joshua who looks like that. You know, there's, there's hope for us all. But, um, the, the, the hand speed that he's got is, is unbelievable. But I think going back to your point there, Chris, I think, yeah, all right, Dillian White wants to fight for a title. He's not getting near the titles in the next two years. He's not going to, especially with um, uh, the Dante Wilder, AJ versus uh, Fiora. Yeah. The, the, the two, yeah. He's not going to get near. He needs to keep fit, so he needs yeah. to fight. So yeah, I think I understand that he wants to fight for a belt. Mm. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to get anywhere close to them. But he needs to he needs to keep fit. So Ruiz for me would be a good fight, and it would pay well too. Yeah. I, well, I, I look, I, th- I think his conversation with himself is the fact that the the Joshua Fury fight hasn't been signed yet. They've agreed terms, a two fight deal, hasn't yet been signed. It's not official. Um, so there, there's still a slight chance for him to fight one of them. You know, for a title. Mm-hmm. The Fury has to fight Wilder first, and um, Joshua's got a fight lined up before this even happens. So he, he, I think he's still kind of got a little bit of hope to hang on to there. So he's not going to jump in and, and fight Ruiz, although he, he could and should. And, and I think if Dillian White isn't scared of Ruiz, then there's something wrong with him. He should be because he's, he's definitely a chance to upset him, really upset him. There's some if he good gets videos, right. I'll flick it to you guys as well too and we'll put it up on our uh, Instagram as well of showing Ruiz back at training and he's hitting the pads very well um, mm. and, and looks quite sharp and for, as I said, what we saw him, I think he was sort of sitting at about 283 pounds when he went in for that second <laughs> fight. He looks a, a lot slimmer than, than what mm. he was there as well. Yeah. I mean, going on, going on to another fight that could potentially be happening, it's Ryan Garcia versus um, Luke Campbell. Luke Campbell not long ago fought... Uh, Alvarez, mm. Canelo Alvarez, he did get outclassed, he got outsmarted, but Luke Campbell, the English fighter, is a very, very smart fighter. Now, uh, Ryan Garcia is under the De La Hoya band camp. He's under Golden Boy, so and De La Hoya's been quite vocal about him needing to quieten down and shut up talking so much. Because Ryan Garcia now, he's only a young man, he's, he's, he's incredibly quick, he's incredibly powerful, but he's throwing in the likes of, I want to fight Devin Haney, I want to fight Lomachenko, I want to fight these people. And he's still 21, 22, so he's still quite young and quite inexperienced. And there's a lot of people around him trying to protect him, saying, you don't quite want to go there just yet. You're good, you're very good, you've got the potential to be incredible, but you don't want to go there just yet. Mm. So they're directing him in the, in the way of Luke Campbell. Now, Luke Campbell's got a lot of experience in the ring and he can throw, he can throw him. So that's a fight that I'm really, really interested to see. I hope, I hope and pray that that one comes off. Because if it does, that will be an absolute spectacle. You'll see what Ryan Garcia is really made of. And, um, and, and, and well, you'll just see a very stereotypical give all Luke Campbell. Yeah, we will. He's a, such a tough fighter. But I'm with you. I think we've seen all the, all the videos of Ryan Garcia very, very fast in the gym. 
using all these uh, all these techniques and, and but I don't see too much of people in front of him yeah he's had mm. a few one round wins against journeymen and, and, and people who are less of standard but Luke Campbell does come with a pedigree so it'd be really interesting to see how he goes and see mm. if that speed actually trans- translates against someone who's fairly decent so be interesting if it, if it, if it all happens you wouldn't really want to see him step in the ring with Lomachenko just yet no Oh, no, that's what I was not. sitting there before. But it, it's not just the fact that he'll get beat or he'll get poleaxed, I guess, but mm. it just to see his character broken from a fight like that, because Lomachenko will rip him apart. Like, yeah. Oh, and he to come back from that, when, he's done it with like, a, you've just... Loma's done it with the best of them. He's, 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 he makes people quit. That's what he does. If he doesn't yeah. knock you out, he, he forces you to quit. <laughs> he, he, beats, he beats you that badly and that, and that hard continuously for so long he never takes his foot off the gas we've seen we've seen him drop once and it was like he had springs in his shorts he was straight back up and it didn't phase him so he can take a punch and um uh, how much of this is mind games you know you, you see the way he moves you see in the way he trains you see what he's capable of he um he fakes punches and, and makes you believe that the left's coming in it before you know you've been whacked with a right uppercut which you'd never see coming he's, he's just an absolute freak of nature and it's a joy to watch. So, would you put a young lad with a lot of potential in with him right now? Definitely not. No. And uh, there's been a <laughs> we've just got a visitor, a little baby on the t- on the screen. Our producer. It's not more around, is it? Um, the the UFC was throwing a, a little bit of a, a lifeline recently as well too. That it was there was a major fight that was about to be well and truly swept under the rug and, and lost to all, and big man stood up. Mm, yeah, George Masterville is um, a world champion, absolute phenomenal fighter. He stepped up and kind of saved Dana White's ass, and it's on very short notice that he's he, Masterville. He always keeps himself fit. He's always in and around, ready to fight. But yeah, he's 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 pulled um, Dana White out of the shit, and he's just stepped up on short notice and went, "Yep, I'm in." Jeez, that's a Let's great go. card to have up your sleeve. Hey, Dana, you yeah. owe me one, babe. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, is it? It's not bad. No. Did you know you deserted Ireland? It will be deserted if I don't yeah. turn up. So, and and then well, of course, in, in, and then he negotiates the dollars for it. He said, "I'm not going to step yeah. in for free." So, I wouldn't mind knowing what he gets paid for this. Mm, interesting. The the other part of it, a good fight, uh, Volanovsky who's uh, from Wurrilla, where, where I'm currently living, around uh, the Shalaba way. He'll, he'll fight, uh, who's the champion as well, may I add. He's going to fight Holloway again. So this is Volonovsky Holloway too. Um, again, I, I don't know if you've seen the first fight, guys, but uh, Volonovsky just outclassed him, outpunched him, outstruck him. Um, Holloway had nothing. Uh, and, and, and I tend to believe that uh, if he doesn't bring something different to his game, Holloway, then he's not got a chance of, uh, of even coming close to Volonovsky. Too much, too too strong. Are you sweet, Sash? Yeah, no, it's all good. My ears are just heating up. <laughs> heating I've up. just been watching it, the video and Sash is just... I haven't turned the heater off in the bloody room here yet. So my ears were heating up. Just had to hear them out. <laughs> <laughs> just watching the headphones go to your neck and onto your chin. I'm like, mate, this is obviously enthralling you. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk about something that well and truly excited uh, two of the members on the panel uh, over the weekend because the banter got rather ferocious between uh, the Chooks and the Storm. <laughs> well, no, it, it kind of got one-sided banter. It was pretty vocal when Chooks got out, the, out of the gates and had a bit of a decent start, but... Then all of a sudden the fucking, you know, the bale of hay would roll across and the silence was evident. And oh, you fucking you, cheats, mate. That's why. You, you're all cheats. <laughs> and and how cheats. are they cheats, Sash? Yeah, because, mate, didn't you say they were deflating the balls? 
Bull <laughs> Didn't you see it? Had to deflate in the balls and they that's exactly how they train at Melbourne Storm Stadium. They deflate all the balls and it gives them an advantage and they pay the ball boys ten dollars an ounce slave labor, they're not even paying full wages to deflate the balls, mate. We're not having it. That's twice as much as they get at a Nike sweatshop, them ball boys. They should be grateful. It is, but you know what? I'm just not having it, eh? You're a bunch yeah. of cheats. And we didn't even, we were a third string side, and, and you still had to go to Golden Point, mate. Yes, th- your third string. Oh, yeah, we beat down 15s team. Who did, you, who did you have missing? Oh, Cooper Cronk wasn't there. Who did you have missing? Tedesco. Was um, that it? Yeah, Tedesco, old Teddy. Mm hmm. Oh, you you just, just say, uh, no, that's yeah, I've got to, got to take this phone call. It's very important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on airplane mode. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you had, uh, you, had, you had Cameron Smith playing at 5'8 there because Cameron Munster was out injured from the week before. And Cameron, I mean, Cameron Smith's 625 years old and he still directed you around the middle of the park. The forwards dominated you day in and day out. You've got all these big names. Now, Boyd Cordner, yeah, he battled through. He went well, but even he didn't want to be there. Tupo just went, up, ah, I'm out, I'm going off. This is bollocks. And then you get the likes of young Ryan Pappenhausen. You're like, yeah, oh, you think you can drop a gold, do you, sunshine? Get this in ya. And you. Know, make up names, mate. <laughs> I don't. And, and you, you know, just make up names after the fighting balls and cheese. It's, it's a lot more easily pronounceable than your surname, Pappenhausen. <laughs> yeah. And, and, the, and then, of course, and then poor Jake Friend. You know what I mean? It's an experienced man around the traps. They give a penalty around in front of the sticks like that. That's a bit stupid. So I did feel kind of sorry for you. Mm, look, to be and, honest, uh, um, we don't cheat, mate. We just play the game as what it is. We don't deflate balls um, or we, we pay everyone fair and was accurate it, wages. Um, was it your home game? Eminent. Was it your home game? Oh, it's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was actually Storm's own game. Storm's own game when he's played the Broncos. I just wanted to see if he knew. I just love the fact that he argues about things he knows nothing about. I watched it. I watched it. I'm just going to separate you two for a second, but the the good thing about it, which I I, I thought was classic Storm, was when the Roosters went uh, 10 points ahead, you know, they didn't panic. They didn't didn't worry. They knew that they had enough time to to, to get a result, short kickoffs, Mm. and, you know, they got one... You gotta remember the kicked to Daniel Tupu, who is six foot four, six foot five, will take them kicks. Repeatedly. We'll take, we'll, we'll take them kicks all day. But for some reason, for some reason when the pressure was on the line it just wasn't there. And Cameron Smith got old. Yeah, he, no, he did. I, I think listen, I think there's lots of positives out of there for, for the Roosters in regards to mm. Carl Flanagan. I thought Carl Flanagan was outstanding. Under pressure was out you know, kicks a goal. He we had a penalty and he just put his hand up straight away and said, yeah, I'm taking it. Yeah. You know, no, no, he's, 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 he's pretty in that respect. Yeah. Look, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the most um, skillfully blessed game you'll mm. ever see. There was a fair few drop balls. There was but a was lot of unforced errors from both teams. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't two yeah. teams at the, at the very best. However, the best team on the night did win. But, you know, we, we're talking about top of the ladder strikes and competitions and I watched the Eels against the Cowboys and I was so impressed the way the Eels just really put the Cowboys to bed. I thought, Mako Silva kicks four. No, he scores four, sorry. He give Kyle Felt, he must have given him nightmares. If Kyle Felt isn't seeing a, a psych now because of what fucking Mako Silva <laughs> did to him, I don't know what is. Clinton Gutherson, mate, if you... Push, when, you get a ball, when you get a ball playing fullback like that that can chime in 
and hit cutout passes or hit the or hit the short ball. It doesn't really matter from both sides, and it's pinpoint passing. That is worth its absolute weight in gold. Yeah, and, it is, uh, especially and, uh, if he was a manly local and he played for. Ma- oh, that's right, he was. Oh no! Oh, well, you got to pay the big bucks, or they'll just go missing. And uh, exactly. and, and a massive congrats to Jai Field as well, who stepped in the shoes of uh, Mitchell Moses being out injured. Well, uh, Jai, Jai made his um, he made his debut and was absolutely phenomenal. He even got across the line for one. Well, the worry on that you got to remember with a score of four to two four for for the Eels against the Cowboys, you got to remember that with Mitchell uh, Moses not playing and Jai Field stepping into them shoes. Everyone would have said that, you know, did he have the maturity to deal with this with such an influential player missing, the, you know, and then they stepped up. Mm. Now, you got to remember, the Cowboys are no pushover. They have got the best pack that's out there at the moment. Yep. And you know, for some reason, it's not clicking for them. And uh, there's real worries there about, you know, again, the two sides in Queensland. Uh, I know there's three, but, the, the, the well, all three sides... Are struggling at the moment. You know the Titans, the Cowboys, and the Broncos. It's absolutely, you know, who would be a Broncos fan right now? What they're going through is absolutely. They, they were um, heartbroken after that game. Did you see them? Some of the boys are crying, and mm. yeah, it's like they're trying everything they possibly can, but nothing's. And they even had a twelve-point lead and just gave it away. It's been, well, it's been a completely not a kind of flip from you know previously. They've been dusting oh. for a couple of weeks in a row. And they're high-fiving and laughing about it. And now all of a sudden there's been a fair switch. Now what I was really impressed with was the way the Broncos started. I started mm. watching that game yeah, and I seen them go twelve and up, really and I think, Do you know, this is this is going well. This is this something that's finally clicked. Seabolt's got something right. The players are finally gelling, and they played some good football in order to get that twelve point lead. And then all of a sudden again, it's just flicked back into the same mode. They they couldn't keep it going, and and you would have thought or have hoped for the Broncos' sake. Then another struggling team like the Warriors, once it's 12 nil down and a little bit depleted up for, for the season that they're having so far, you'd think they could turn the screw then and that could be their turnaround. I think that was their chance. They've shown, they've yeah. shown us a snippet of what the Broncos can do, but I really thought that was their one chance to turn their season around because the Warriors are in another struggling position too. Mm. I, thought that, I thought that's just the game that they needed. Can, can I tell you the difference though? Blake Green. About 12 points. <laughs> Blake Green. Blake Green's the difference there. An experienced halfback with a great head on his shoulders, you know, controlled that game uh, and just pushed it around. And you've seen him in the huddles. He was directed. He he was just a... um, He was was everything that you need out of a a class halfback. You know, I'm a big fan. You've got to remember Cody Nicarima went off early as well. Took a head Mm. knock, went off. He was gone for the whole game. I think Nicarima and Green are, are a great pairing. I really do. No, I think that you know, Green for me, wherever he goes, he he expects a, a certain standard. Now, I think you know he if he was in a Broncos shirt, I reckon Broncos would be a lot different, and that's what they're lacking at the moment. They're lacking direction, and um, I think Milford for me is he is MIA. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but he is definitely missing in action. He's got you know he's he's, he's demanding a wage or he's got the wage uh, to prove it, but he's got to back it up, and he's not doing that at the moment. And I feel. A bit sorry for for the Broncos at the moment. Mate, I, th- I think the turning point for the Warriors wasn't just the halfbacks, but I thought Wade Egan at hooker was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. way he really kept the defence guessing, he would step out of acting half each and every time, so he forced the marker to go with him. And then he was very unpredictable in which way he was going to go. Is he going to go the same way he stepped out, or he would switch it back inside and take it the other way? 
but he always made that marker defense move. He was yeah. never static. He was never static at the play of the ball. He was always on edge. And you know what? I thought that was a massive difference to, to really free the halfbacks up or really free the play and just make everybody else at the Broncos think it's something that they're not doing, obviously, too clearly right now. Isn't it amazing to think that Andrew McCulloch probably is looking down with his lucky stars that he's away, he got away from the Broncos and gone to Newcastle Knights because he was outstanding for the Knights, not only in attack and defence as well. And uh, the Newcastle Knights, you know, they it was a tough game, that. And no doubt we'll, we'll, we'll jump onto that, Renee, at the very, very end. But the, the Knights are, are looking at their... One thing they didn't do is last year was they didn't compete in the real tight games. And this was a real, real tight game. And I think he was entertaining too. But uh, again, you know, I feel sorry for Manly though as well. This is the second time they've been dudded. Got did, uh, dudded out of the Paramount game. Preaching to the choir, sunshine. And then, and then the second <laughs> one. Now, <laughs> the question is, I'd love to hear your views on it. All right, it wasn't, like it, wasn't, it wasn't a penalty try. It wasn't a penalty try. But was it a penalty? Look, I, yes. I'm going to say penalty. And then, at the, I mean, at the end of the day, they would have still had to have kicked the penalty and then it would have gone into extra time and they still had to have won it. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. So, But um, t- the, the most disappointing thing out of the whole thing is Graham Annesley standing up yet again for the second time saying that Manly were hard done by. Now, if you do that, so if you take away the game that we played against Parramatta, which was another one where we were absolutely shunted of a of a win then this game we're in 10th at the moment those two wins we would have been in fourth that's a complete other flip of the ladder of, of, mm. of where Manly would be um, the push in the back I just oh, mm. I lost a really I lost a bet on that game but then again but then again if my mum had a pair of balls she'd be my dad do you know what I mean you can't say ifs and what's and ends and when no I know and, and I mean um Daily Cherry Evans interviewed again after this game and said the exact same thing. We shouldn't right. have been in, the, in this position. We, you know, it shouldn't have come down to one push in the back. It, you know, and that's that's where we're letting ourselves not get involved enough in the game. They're letting themselves drop in and out of the games too much. Yes, they're missing Turbo at the back, but that you know that's not the make or break for Manly at the moment. Yeah, but I think it was a penalty. Now it goes to a penalty. It goes to a video ref. Yeah, who says it's not it's not a penalty try? Totally agree with that. Yeah. But he he should have pulled the penalty. Hundred percent. And that's that's the disappointing part about it is that again with all the technology, with everything that we've got, we're missing major parts of of of, of turning points in the game. But again, are we talking about it? Yeah, of course we are. But the fact but, of the matter is, it's 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 disappointing that we miss that. I mean, if if, if it gets the penalty and he misses it anyway, that's okay. It, that, that's all that's right. right. But you've still got the opportunity. The opportunity should have been yours to take or lose. Well, he writes his own story, Chris. Of course you do. Sash, what's what, mate? Sash, wait, wait. Sash has got his hand up. He doesn't say much. I was just about to say, Renee, look, hold your head up high that you didn't deflate balls and cheat. (laughs) And that you're paying all your your ground staff as per the minimum award. That's all I can say. Yeah, he spoke spoke like a true chuck then, didn't he? Hey, Hey, us birds of a feather flock together. We go, It'll come. Well, that, that's all right, mate. You can, you can. Oh no, no. You play the Cowboys next week. You get beat then as well. Oh well. Oh, why don't you go to one of the games, Smithy? Oh, that's right. You can't because you're locked down. <laughs> oh yes. Excellent. I might go. Hey, I can, I can do whatever I want. Luckily, I, can do, luckily I, just walked, I just walk out there. Luckily, mate, it's fucking freezing here. I'm not going out the house. Anyway, I've got a beautiful couch, 82-inch TV, and KO, which I pay for at the minute. So KO, if you want to give it me for free, <laughs> that'd be great. I'll plug you a bit more. 
I've got it. I can watch it all and then rewind it whenever I like. <laughs> you are such huh? a Mate, it's that hot up here. I literally, like I said, I had to take my headphones off before because my ears were hot. That's, That's because you're sitting in a hot box that you've obviously lit up. Day. I'm walking around, I'm going to the rubbery dub, I'm having pig's ears, mate. I I'm going to the Kath and Kim, I'm working the Warwick Farms, the Rocky Boulders, the Hawk's Nest, get around me, you're going to be in that garage doing fuck all for six weeks. I don't care if you're having a rub and tug. You can do whatever <laughs> you like, but I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> uh, please, right, take us somewhere else. Um, let's look to some of the games that are happening this week. What, what's probably your main ones that you guys are looking for? Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left of the show, but you, there's there's a game in there that you keen on. Chris, no, no. The chooks. is there? <laughs> the chooks, yeah, the chooks, yeah, the chooks yeah. playing. Cowboys, have a look. Well, I think yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you. This will be good. I'll tell you it is. So you got the cowboy, cowboys, and roosters. You got the no, Titans mate, and Warriors. Don't don't, don't read them all up. Raiders and the Storm will be the best game of that round. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Oh, Do you reckon uh, the, the Raiders allow nah. the, um, the Dragons maybe, in too much? Or maybe Knights and Eels. Yeah. Yeah, that's on Sunday. Yeah, I think the Storm Storm Raiders will be Storm Raiders will be good. I've got one for you. Broncos, Bulldogs. I'm putting Ooh. the phone down, Carlo. I'm putting the phone down if you say nah. that one more time. Nah, both need a win. Both need both a win. Need Still win. will yes. be absolute rubbish football. Yeah, it's it entertaining football, though. But it'd be, it'd be entertaining. It'd be desperate. How, how can you footy. pick that, that game over the two that we just said? No, I didn't pick it over. I said it would no, be interesting. No, you did, because we said, what game are you looking for? And you said no, that one. No, I said it will be interesting. Listen. To be honest, it reminds me of that time, Carlo, that he used to play ice hockey, but there was a problem. It wasn't any good. So I started playing golf, and I realised I could hit bombs down the fairway, and then I started to play for my grandmother to try and win a house back. And this uh, black fella started <laughs> teaching me how to play golf properly. Do you remember that? Miguel Moore. Got it. <laughs> Nailed it. New segment. Boom! Anyway... Night, everyone. Yeah, well, that wraps up our regular league oh. content. But, Smithy, there's a there's a segment that we want to bring back, and it's yes. what yeah. to watch, because you gave us some really good docos and, and bits and pieces at the start of our season this year. So I feel like there's something to watch this week. Look, it, w- it was really good at one point. I was in isolation. I was watching a lot of Netflix and Stan, which I also pay for, so if you want to give me that for and free, Richard. that's great. Um, but I was watching sense. a lot of documentaries, and I, I was giving you some incredible feedback on what to watch. But then I was allowed back out of the house, so I stopped watching. Now I'm locked up again. I've been watching some more. Now, there's a Netflix doco called Home Game, right? Then what it does, it goes around various countries and, um, and really picks apart the, the sports, what they play, which is um, known in that country. And uh, it, it kind of documents everything in and around it. It interviews the, the players, the spectators, the, the people. And it's, it's such a passionate one. The first one is a sport called cal- Calcio Storico. Now, it's in, in Florence in Italy. I feel like now, this is made up. No, it's probably not pronounced like that. Carlo's Italian, but he can't say it. Calcio Storcio. definitely not pronounced like that. Calcio Storcio. Calcio Pistachio. Calcio Storcio. That, that thing. Anyway, what it is, if you can imagine, basically it's just a big sandy pitch. They have uh, elevated nets. So you've got so barriers up here like ice hockey, and the nets are above the barriers. You've got 27 players on each side. The, the, best way to ex- the best way to explain this without you watching it and seeing the inside, well, it happens once a year, right? It's, it, they're, they're very, very passionate about this. This is the most barbaric, violent sport I've ever seen. It's brilliant. So it's a combination of bare-knuckle boxing. It, the, 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 ball is a sh- the ball is the shape of a soccer ball. So then you get the rugby league tackling in there as well. You get the NFL, the fact that you can throw it forward and kick it. But what happens is everybody has a job. The defenders defend the nets, the forwards score, and then you've probably got... 
24 people, 12 from each side, stood in the middle, that as soon as the ball <laughs> is thrown, they give no fucks as to where it is, they just go bang, they're straight up and they're fighting. And, and that's all they do. The game goes for 50 minutes. 50 oh. minutes. Oh, yeah. so, so I feel like, you know, when we were talking about what we would buy at the very beginning with uh, the, the Chiefs I'd buy that player? Game. This oh, is the watch. island I'm buying. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if, you, if you haven't watched it, if you're all right with a little bit of violence, it's, it's borderline barbaric. It's absolutely brilliant. It's well worth a watch. Hey, what's it called again? On the podcast, um, the we'll pop it up. Yeah, mm. and just to add, we we had two lads who represented Italy who both played from Florence. Who both played in that as well, Marcello Sagundo and uh, Fabio Nanini. Yeah, it's, it's actually really interesting. That I think there's um, you, you're either blue team, red team, white, white. team, or green team. Yeah, now right. once we, and, and this is all based on where you're born. You can never ever change teams. It doesn't matter. And you I, can't I, play I unless care. you were born there. I don't so care. Can't if be like Mahomes, I, even if they get offered seven hundred million, they would never go. You, you just can't do it. It's not. And that's the history behind it, the, this tournament in Florence, in Italy. It's absolutely phenomenal. Well worth yeah. a watch. Love to go and watch right, it. Well, there, there you have it. Great uh, show today, guys. We're just running around the town. Carlo Napolitano, Sasha Milzarek, and Chris Smith. I said it right for the first time ever, and I am Renee Gartner. We will be joining you again next Tuesday. So, boys, see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.